podcast Behind Mummy Smile. Welcome, welcome everybody. This is basically a podcast about supporting mental well-being at whichever stage of motherhood you happen to be at the moment. Well-being, I think, is such a major thing in our society at the moment. Everyone is going through something. You know, we've had these acts of be kind, you just don't know what is going on behind someone's smile, basically. And so I just thought we'd talk a little bit more about mummy's mental well-being, as it's something that is passionate to me and something that I can relate to, and hopefully you guys can relate in some way or another as well. Especially at the moment where we've had this surreal past year where we haven't been able to have the normal day-to-day support of just close family and friends, play groups, going out for walks and it not being so busy everywhere that you know we're only allowed to go and I think the frightful thing that's going to be happening in the aftermath of this is before all the pandemic there was already a backlog of mental well-being. Just, it doesn't matter who you were, how you, why you were seeking well, well-being support. There was a waiting list. There was a time frame before you could see anybody. It was such a lengthy process. So I think it's going to be really scary to kind of think, well, those of us who are in desperate need, how long are we going to wait, and how are we going to be able to get efficient support we just we're just gonna have to wait and see really but yeah I just wanted to kind of start this podcast and you know for you guys get to know me and for me to hopefully be able to help you in some way even if it's just to pass the time whilst you're doing your chores around the house just something to listen to you know it's really really tricky for anybody to open up and talk about how you are truly feeling you know you've got the fear of being judged the fear of being misunderstood as a mum it can be so scary to trust anyone with how you're truly thinking as well those deeper thoughts that you're having you know from my experience I was really scared to open up in case they took away my babies in case they would see me as a terrible mum and I think even more so I thought without anybody else judging me if I say these thoughts out loud they become a lot more real and I knew then I was going to judge myself that I basically failed as a mum you know why am I doing this what's happened however when I did actually finally open up and start to talk to others whether it was professionals or my friends It was actually so reassuring and so comforting that anybody could relate with how like this roller coaster of it is that is being a mum and that is definitely truly the one of the toughest jobs ever and I just think it's really important that we're able to open up to one another and support one another in any way that we can even if it is just a case of listening having a cup of tea and listening or a glass of wine depending on what time it is but just listening to one another because we have all been there you know we've all got up first thing in the morning and it's either started off well 
or it's literally before we've even had breakfast the shit's hit the fan basically and it's like how the hell am I going to get through this day and you know we have our good days we have our bad days and I think I'm going to say this really early on I think it's really important that any decisions that you make about that you know any life-changing decisions that you're going to make do not make them on those bad days you know kind of pencil them down come back to them when you are feeling better when you're in a clearer frame of mind talk them through with somebody or just reflect back on them on a better day so I think that's um sort of a really good tip if you don't take anything else away from this you might just take that away hopefully so yeah so I thought um I originally wanted to start doing a book and I thought who am I no one's going to buy a book from me. Who am I? Um, nobody. But I thought, well, let's just... Well, it was really my husband because he listens to so many different podcasts. I thought, okay. And he suggested, well, while, whilst you're kind of working on your book in the background, um, aside from being a teacher, why don't you look into doing a podcast? And so I thought, well, okay, I'll give it a go. And... I've had the support from my sister, she's in that kind of um, production industry, so she had some equipment and I've been able to talk it through with her. Um, I thought, well, why not? What's the harm? Um, It's something that's close to my heart, it's something that I can relate to. Um, I've suffered with anxiety for as long as I can remember. I used to get like what I call tummy migraines when I was little, like in primary school and early secondary school. And I went through all sorts, going to see the doctors, having ultrasounds. And it's only now, like when I find out more about like uh, children's mental well-being and the effects on them. And it's normally in your tummy, you get tummy aches, like cramps. But I'm like, oh, so that was probably my anxiety. So I've had it, yeah, for as long as I can remember, even longer than I thought I did. It really hit me um, in my early 20s, which seems to be a common theme when I talk to other people. In your sort of like early 20s, that seems to be when it doesn't matter, like whatever's happened in your teen, teens, it all catches up and basically, yeah, you're screwed. Um, <laughs> so, um, yeah, my anxiety got really bad in my early um, 20s, so much so that like I, I had my um, husband with me, so... He'd be like my comfort blanket if I'd go out with my friends. Um, I'd have him with me, which seems now so ridiculous and so sad. And my friends probably thought, God, she's such a loser. Why is she bringing her husband with her all the time? Um, But uh, yeah, so it was just going to like places like even just for dinner, I'd get myself so worked up. I'd have to write, what's my excuse going to be this time? How am I going to get out if I need to escape? Which I never did, but I would sit there, literally my palms sweating, my tummy like churning and I wouldn't drink. I'd literally be like having water and a salad because I wouldn't want my tummy um, to get worse. And I'd be like a nervous wreck inside. (laughs) The whole of like the greeting, the waiting for the meal, all of that sort of stuff, eating the meal, I'd kind of like pick, my head would be all fuzzy. And it would only be after everybody's kind of like finished eating that I'd slowly start to kind of ease into it. 
Um, and you know, if we were ordering pudding or anything like that, I would be a lot more calmer because I would think, I'd just tell myself, well, if I need to leave now, we've had the meal, I can pay if I need to, and then I can leave. It would be easy now. So yeah, and that kind of happened a lot of things. So I stopped even going like to the cinema would be quite a scary, daunting thing because I knew I was restricted then. I, I paid my money. I had to see the film. I had to stay. It's not easy just to get up and go out. And so I, and you know, so that kind of went on for quite a few years. And it, you know, the thought of having a baby which I'd always wanted I'd always wanted to start um, having a family and but the thought of having a baby growing inside of me was that kind of out of my control out of my comfort zone what if I'm gonna you know have a bad tummy um my tummy's gonna be all bubbly and I've I've got to focus on this life growing inside me how am I gonna cope and be able to look after it and then when it's born and I'm not very well or you know what am I gonna do and actually, you know, the pregnancy, when I did um, get a pregnant sort of in my mid-twenties, all went quite smoothly and it kind of calmed me a lot because I was like, right, I don't have to just, it's not myself that I have to focus on now, it's something else, it's keeping my mind busy. And towards the end, uh, <laughs> when my baby didn't come on time, a typical boy, and this whole thought of, oh, I'm going to go into hospital and this is going to happen and it's just going to go pop, you know. <laughs> Some of us first-time mums think it's just going to be a bit of a breeze. Um, that did not happen in the sense that my baby did not want to come out. I'd clearly made the home far too good for him. <laughs> Even when I went into being induced, I was in there for a good couple of days. They had to break my waters still took forever for him just to come but like I was very calm um I remember sitting on the bouncy ball and having radio one playing in the background and just like yeah this is good this is good vibes just keep it calm baby just keep it calm and then it suddenly hit where everything starts getting real and I end up ripping like the drip thing or whatever it was out of me and then I was like oh I need a wee <laughs> And then like, as I'm going for a week, oh, I need to push. And all of a sudden it's just like, no, no, no. Cause you know, you are only this many centimeters dilated. You can't be ready to push. No, I need to, I need to. And once they got me onto the bed, it was like, yeah, yeah. We're going to go and get towels and everything ready now. Cause baby's coming. So, um, that's Charles for you. <laughs> Does things when he wants in his time. Um, yeah that oh my god that is really him and then everything kind of when he was here he was the main focus so my anxiety that was really really bad um kind of fizzled out and I know um for a lot of first-time mums the opposite can happen so I know when you have your first baby and you <laughs> they just let you go home with this new life and you're thinking how am I supposed to do now um and you just spend forever staring at your child with like no sleep I think the no sleep is the killer but anyway sidetracked yeah a lot of mums can feel the opposite where you're just left with this child and you think oh my god what the hell am I supposed to do and you become a bit of a nervous wreck 
I'd already been a nervous wreck. So once the baby was here, I was just like, okay, well, I just need to focus on him. And we were in a routine. I think going with my husband, when he was going back to work, that's when I was like, oh my God, how are you? I've got to be completely alone. Um, I was a bit of a nervous wreck then, not going to lie. But yeah, you just kind of get into your stride. And the older they get, your fears kind of change and develop with them. So where they've gone from being still and not being able to move, you know, your fear is kind of, are they getting enough sleep? Are they getting enough milk? Are they still breathing? So then they start moving around and every stage you're like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, they're doing this. Now I've got this to worry about. Now I'm going to stress about this. Um, yeah, it's it's fun being a mum. That's why I say like definitely the toughest, toughest job ever. Um, and there is no manual. There is no training for this. You are just thrown into it. All fun and games. And then... Yeah, so that kind of all went nice and smoothly. Charles and I went to play groups, baby, you know, and I think it helped as well that some of my close friends from work, we'd all had boys around a similar time. There was about four of us. So we were really good support getting us out of the house each week, you know, working um, part-time. We had Thursdays and Fridays. And also my gran as well was amazing in the sense that she would say to me, right, Thursday, you're coming over to me for lunch. And we'd go for a little walk and it was she was just like I'm just getting you out of the house so that was brilliant that was really you know what I needed and then you kind of get to that point I think Charles was about 20 months or so but I was like yeah I got this let's have another one <laughs> oh god yeah um <laughs> so then you think oh this is this is lovely let's let's go for another one. Oh, it will be so cute when they have their you know brother or sister with them i think that's when i found literally when i found out i was pregnant with freddie everything just seemed to go wrong i don't know what it was something was clearly against me it all started i think i don't know even if i had found out i was pregnant but on a thursday morning charles and i as part of our routine we're going to go food shopping anyway as i reversed out from my garage because uh, it's in a garage block there's a garage directly behind mine i just went into it uh reverse straight into it i was like great pull back forward was like literally scared someone had seen and they were going to come and shout at me and cried my eyes out i'm a bit of a control freak so if something doesn't quite <laughs> go to plan I can lose it. So then I came in, Charles went to sleep and yeah, I just cried. I wrote a little note and just kind of slotted that by the garage and spoke to <laughs> my two go-to people, my dad and Owen, my husband. And yeah, they, I mean, they were brilliant. They were like, no, it's fine. It's fine. We'll get it sorted. And there was no damage to my car. The garage um, door that I'd sort of hit, it just literally, I tapped it but it just knocked it up slightly off its hinges, uh, which is a bit of a faff. But yeah, that was basically the start. And then the main thing was then a couple of months later, Owen's van that he needs for work, he's a gardener. Um, yeah, that just decided I don't want to work anymore. And getting a new van, absolute palaver, you know, a trusted van. They're just, you know, so much money as well. We just couldn't find one, so bless my dad had lent me 
his little low-down sports car and Owen had my car and it's yeah it's got the two doors at the front with the folding down chair so trying to get a child um, a young child in and out of that whilst pregnant it would have been comical for other people to see uh, not so much for myself a bit of a pain in the butt really and it was a lot you know I'm used to higher up car this was a lot lower so getting in and out was always fun for me as well yeah it was just it sounds so trivial now and you're probably thinking oh for god's sake there are worse problems in the world but it was just lots of little things with that and it was quite a few months of not having my own car and just not what I'd envisioned when I was pregnant and all of that sort of stuff so with a combination of that I then was you know I'm quite tall I'm sort of 5'11 and I carry I carried predominantly in my tummy and my tummy gets quite big when you're pregnant who knew who knew you know growing this baby inside your tummy your tummy's gonna get big well I then started getting comments and I didn't I didn't really experience this with Charles my first but this one you know everyone thinks oh yeah she's she's well into it she knows what she's doing as a mum I can just say anything to her so things like you sure it's only you know one baby sure it's not twins are you sure that's your due date you know you're not due any sooner oh if you get any bigger you're gonna get you're gonna give birth to a beach whale and you just think and these were coming from other mums you know and you just think why why would you say that so all of that would might like would just add into my insecurities and where I'd suffered with anxiety in the years before I'd I hadn't really had the deeper experience of depression. I think I probably had, reflecting back, but not really being aware. My anxiety had been mainly the forefront of it. So then having, I went, yeah, I went into full depression uh, where I would be able to go to work my three days a week and smile. Hi, mummy, smile. Smile is normal. Everything's good you know oh yes 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 I am a, I am a fat pregnant woman thank you so much yes and then come home not talk to anybody just shut down I'd go up to you know just lie in bed and literally not move not eat not drink uh, for quite a long time you know my, I spoke to my dad quite regularly on the phone and he started like picking up she not talking properly like what what is going on and like Owen would talk to him and say she's not right and so he, he you know long story short uh, my dad just kind of like right when's your next midwife appointment I'm coming and he did and when we were there the midwife who was so so lovely really really lovely and just to kind of go off the track a little bit with Charles my firstborn I had everyone I saw was different the midwives were different the, you know pretty much the doctors every time it was different whereas this time I wasn't based in my main surgery it was sort of a smaller surgery uh, like a doctor's kind of room thing um, which meant that I pretty much saw the same midwife every time and I had the same health visitor every time this you know this time around as well so 
I think that really, really helped. Um, so if you can, if you are feeling low, a little bit more insecure, a little bit more anxious, whether you're pregnant or in those sort of early stages of motherhood, you know, try and keep that contact with either the same GP or the same midwife. It's, I know it's really tricky and it's easier for me to say that, but I think that really helped because otherwise every time, like if you've ever been through the process of talking therapies or anything, every time you're having to explain your situation, every time you're having to go through the story of how you're feeling, why you think you're feeling that way, your story, and it is so draining, and you just think, oh, I've told this already, do you guys not, com you know, communicate, so I think that's really, you know, that helped me seeing the same midwife, because once I'd opened up to her, and then I saw her again, she kind of, I didn't have to re-explain myself and tell her how I was feeling. She already knew. So it's much easier for her to be like, right, how are you doing this time, Maggie? Come on, be honest, open up. And she was able to kind of give the support to Owen and my dad as well to be like, right, if she gets really bad, this is these are the numbers you need to call. These are my details, that kind of thing. And I think that, you know, helps slightly. But by that point, I literally was just like, I've, I've messed up my baby that's growing inside me because I haven't eat, been eating and drinking properly or feeling good. So I literally thought, you know, how is this baby still alive inside of me? But she was really good. She reassured me it's growing perfectly fine. I mean, I was extremely, extremely lucky. And yeah, and, and basically my, my thoughts, oh God, my thoughts were, you know, I got to that point where it was so bad that I obviously was pregnant, so I wasn't going to do anything whilst I was pregnant. It was more, when I give birth to this baby, I don't want to be there anymore. You know, I was kind of hoping during childbirth something would happen to me or something. Yeah, so those thoughts kind of eased in probably like the month or so before I was due to have him. And obviously then by the time he was here oh my goodness, like, I was not going anywhere, I was not leaving him, but yeah, it was a very, very shaky start with Freddie, sort of in the beginning with getting to grips of how I had been feeling, and that kind of, right, okay, Amy, you don't need to be feeling like that anymore, you, we need to be moving past that, but yeah, I'll uh, go into more detail of those kind of first few months with Freddie in another episode because that again was very different to when I'd had Charles uh, where everything had kind of just slotted into place and surprisingly with Charles kind of <laughs> took me into that false sense of security that oh yeah well, I know what I'm doing you know second time round breastfeeding oh yeah I've done that before no just everything was very different um the second time round I just thought it'd be really good to kind of share my story know that you guys if you're feeling something similar you aren't alone I'm gonna have um, various guests on at different points as well sort of building on my own story so I've got some people who'll be able to talk about breastfeeding fussy eaters the joys of uh, sleepless nights you know trying to get get your baby your child to sleep also uh, special needs as well so if you have a child who is growing up with special needs I'm going to do a special episode on that but yeah there's just tons 
tons and tons of what it is to be a mum and there's so many of us there's so many different types of mum but just know guys whatever kind of mum you are you know you you are doing the absolute best the absolute amazing job for your child yeah I think we all just need to start just learning to pat ourselves on the back recognize that this is a tough job there is no CPD, no training for this, just talking to one another. And I will speak to you all soon. Take care, everyone. Bye.